Welcome to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. And today's guest is Penny Power. Penny has been awarded OBE by Her Majesty the Queen. She's an author and founder of three businesses, one global and recognized as the first social network for business, predating LinkedIn by four years. The other one, a national education company that launched the UK's first digital marketing apprenticeship that helped over a thousand young unemployed people in their first jobs. And now the third, the business cafe. Let's welcome Penny. Welcome to the show. Thank you so for accepting the invitation. You're very welcome. It's lovely to have the opportunity. You're an author, an entrepreneur. You, you have an OBE. In your own words, that people that don't know you, what would you say you do? Uh, I would say, in a sentence, I, I look to help business owners achieve their dreams. And I've been an entrepreneur myself a couple of times, and now I really like to help other entrepreneurs become strong. And when I say strong, you know, their skills are very important, but also very much around strength of mind. So I focus on that a lot. Um, and I do that through masterminds, mostly speaking and writing. Awesome. And then where, where did your journey begin? Well, I think it's really interesting that, uh, because, you know, everybody says that the, the, the thing that I think people find hardest is, you know, why was I put on this earth? You know, there's that lovely saying, two of the most important days of our lives, the day I was born, and the day I discovered why I was born. It's a nice one. And I think life sort of becomes quite whole once you really get that. It sounds a bit dreamy. And certainly, I know a lot of people in the corporate world, uh, they, they almost close that sense of purpose off because they're, they're, they're building the dream of a company, not necessarily their own dream. Uh, but I, So I think if I join the dots going backwards, you know, I've always wanted to have a sense of supporting other people, which sounds a little bit fluffy. But, you know, to begin with, I wanted to go into more of a caring professions, uh, into nursing or physiotherapy. And then ultimately, I applied to do psychology at university. But my personal life wasn't able to be supported in that way um, uh, with family challenges. And therefore, I went into the technology industry. And at 19, I, I went into working in the very, very heady, very exciting scaling times of the computer going from the mainframe into the desktop and I was very involved for eight years in that sector until I became a mummy and then I love my world as a mummy and I've now got 26 24 and no, 26 25 and 22 year olds and so I became an entrepreneur when I was 33 when after being with my children for four and a half years quite dedicated as a full-time mum having left the corporate life I then came up with a business idea. And I suppose that's when my life started to take off in all sorts of directions. When you start working for yourself, that's, uh, that's interesting. It's challenging, joyful, painful. <laughs> it's everything, every emotion within an hour <laughs> that you can imagine. And then this, the first business venture you had, that was Academy? Yeah, I suppose so. The first sort of significant one. Um, I did a couple of other things, but the first significant one which I didn't realize was significant at the time. It was, there was, in 1998, there was MySpace and Friends Reunited and a lot of consumer-based social networks, but there weren't any for business. And so I decided to set up a business version of those, a community for people in business to communicate with one another. And the term social network didn't exist then. So it was very much around 
um, saying, you know, why don't you learn to be a friend online with other business people? And that became a, an amazing 14-year journey of connecting people all over the world. We had 250 countries log in on a day-by-day basis, 52 countries that were very strong. And when I say very strong, they were running offline events as well. So we had 5,000 offline events a year, as well as a very active uh, community, which I loved. And uh, the reason I loved it is I always believe that if we are emotionally strong, we will become more financially strong. That was my first blog when we introduced blogging in 2001. That's what my blog was, Emotional Wealth Leads to Financial Wealth. And my job really as the founder of it was to maintain the culture and and make everybody feel that they were in a very loving, supportive culture. We really cared for our members. We had at our peak 650,000 very active members. So it was a nice community. Ultimately, got massively disrupted because LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, highly funded businesses were able to, you know, really market themselves very powerfully. And also they came in with a free model, whereas we charged a small subscription a month, but it was a, it was a barrier to people. Uh, and so we, we brought it to a close in uh, 2012. So, so what's going on in your mind at that time? You know, this, this competitors come in, they, 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 they move out of the way. You know, a lot of people, when they get pushed around or they don't get a sale or, you know, or they lose their business, they, they easily give up or they lose a job. And his, in your situation, you've lost, you're losing the market, you're losing the whole, you're your baby, really. It's, it's, it's your baby. How, what was going on mentally, emotionally, physically? What was going on then? Well, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's a slow decline. It's like watching the death of a loved one. You know, and in a way, if you could perform euthanasia <laughs> on a business when you should, that might be a good idea. But I think often founders of businesses become very emotionally attached to them and so what's going on at the time I think there's two things I mean for us Thomas and I are both what I would call servant leaders Um, it's a term if you google it it's not our term it was I think it was first written about in the 50s and a servant leader leads in in order to serve others and so for us it wasn't just the loss of our business but if you have a very strong community of people that rely heavily on that business it's their business home it's where they held all their blogs and their events and their their identity to a certain extent so it wasn't just our identity it was connected to it um so when we had to close it or when it changed you know it was a huge loss for ourselves but also the loss of the responsibility that we had to a lot of people and that was very painful and and so it was an unusual we were also very well known you know some businesses can struggle and fail quite quietly but for us we were very very well known globally so our sense of self-worth and our identity on the global platform was very linked to it and so that's a painful thing because you not only lose your livelihood and you know possibly go into massive scarcity and uh, financial debt from that um, when you've got a, a life that you're with three children and all the responsibilities but you also have the loss of your self-worth and that's possibly the hardest thing to climb back from. Uh, you know, I think, I do believe, and that's why I've always believed emotional wealth leads to financial wealth. If you have self-esteem and you believe in yourself, your sense of desire and the will to do something is much better and therefore you find a way through. But Thomas and I were in the wilderness for a, quite a while whilst we had to rebuild ourselves. And that's, that's the hard bit. 
and and then what happened next after that? What was what was the next big thing for you? Uh, well, I would say it's it's now really is the next big thing um, for us. But we did other things in that gap. Um, so there's been a six year gap. Thomas has been highly demanded as a speaker and as a non exec director and as a executive coach for FTSE board directors on how to understand this whole world of disruption and technology disruption, etc. And I started another project, which I absolutely loved, which was I launched the Digital Marketing Apprenticeship under a brand called Digital Youth Academy. And that helped a thousand young people into work, which was very important to me. But, you know, our heartland for Thomas and I is community. We know how to do it. We know how to create the right culture and how to serve community and is uh, supporting business people to become their own leader, really. And leadership is really important. You know, your brand is, you know, any of your wonderful clients that you've supported in helping them to move from corporate world into entrepreneurship, just it's, you know, they have to find their own identity. You have to have an identity online or you won't feed yourself. You have to have a brand online. Now, we were very lucky that Thomas and I had brands. We had a personal brand and we had a lot of goodwill linked to that. So in a way, a lot of people used to say to us, why are you taking so long to recover? But there's the difference between external validation and internal validation. And, and externally, yes, we were awarded our OBE. And yes, we had a lot of social capital and people caring for us. Internally, we had to rebuild our belief in ourselves and our trust in ourselves and our trust in other in the business world. Because you can, you know, when you're really hurt, you know, trust goes we never lost sight of hope, but trust is hard. And that's a, that's a long emotional and mental journey. So we've got that now. And that's why we're building masterminds because we've got a lot of empathy with business ownership. We're very real and raw. We're very open about the journey. We know how to build businesses and how to build brands. And now, you know, now is, now is exciting for us. Now is very special, you know, with a lot, a lot in the past. What do you think, in your view, has been some of the key lessons that, you know, you had to sit back, think about, reflect and say, you know what, I could start something similar again, because it's very easy to say, okay, I made these mistakes, I'm going to go and jump in it, I'm going to try again, and this time I'm going to do it better. What was it that stopped you, you reflected on, took your, took your time and then said, you know what, I'm going to do this now, I'm going to make sure it's from inside, it's more... I'm not dependent, my self-worth is not dependent on the failure or success of this project. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the things that you very kindly mentioned when you asked me to come on the show was that I've written this book, Business is Personal. And it's about, the strap line is, be the leader of your life and business. And I think the big shift for me and for Thomas, after illness brought on by stress, after mental illness brought on by stress, physical and mental, we really realized that you can nowadays get very sucked into the vortex of ambition. And over the last 20 years, we have all been encouraged to become entrepreneurs. And money for a long time was pushed onto tech entrepreneurs, and to a certain extent still is, by investors. The term entrepreneur, I think, has to be used really wisely I, I'm not an entrepreneur at the moment. I'm a small business owner. And the differentiation for me is that when I'm an entrepreneur, 
I am building something massively scalable. And possibly I'm deferring the gratification and the enjoyment of that until maybe I exit or I build a business that scale to the extent where I can start taking a good salary. But a lot of, to me, the entrepreneurial world is about building something that's bigger than me. Whereas when I'm a small business, the energy I'm using is to support the client and the energy they give me back, apart from the joy of seeing their success, is they pay me an invoice. Right. You know, at the end of the day, the thing that defines our business success is it's obviously lovely to say I've changed lives. And that's what Thomas and I felt we did for years with the Academy. But the actual, sadly, the actual measurement of whether you've been a successful business person is how well you run your business and the finances around it. Um, And that's a big part of what we have to shift. A lot of people who become self-employed, who have a skill set, which undoubtedly is powerful, but they don't necessarily have the business skills around the edges of that skill set. And so for me, the big shift now is I'm really happy building a business organically based on I have a client, he pays me, she pays me. I have another client, they pay me. Eventually, you have a bit of surplus cash. Then you can start to scale to the next level. And I think that over the last 15 to 20 years, we've lost sight of that. And that's why I think there's a massive amount of stress inside the entrepreneur world. And I actively discourage a lot of businesses from having investors now. Because as soon as you have an investor, you lose control of your life. Well, it's not that you're just doing it for them, but you have, this, you have not only your responsibilities to your clients that you want to serve, but you have a responsibility to a set of people that want your business to pay them back. Right. So you effectively have a very conflicting stakeholders in your life. Now, I'm actually an advisor on an investor, on a fund now. They've asked me to become an advisor of it because they know that my, my love and my support and my experience around entrepreneurship and small business is very much around the emotional and mental health of people. And this investment fund is, I think, uh, more, has a very modern view now of how to get the most out of the people that they invest in. And they know that the mental health of the founders are very important. And in fact, there's a fantastic study. It was an article on Forbes written by John Kaufman saying that entrepreneurs are 50% more likely to have mental health challenges. And I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, Anybody that has investments is under a lot of stress. And so I love to support those people if they've already there. And my husband, as I said, is a non-exec director on a number of boards where he does support the boards in that way. But I just think, and so for you, when you're saying, what are the lessons learned? It's really about understanding my own capacity for risk and my own energy around what I want to build and the fact that I want to maintain control of the life and business that I want to lead and that I believe I can contribute with. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things I've, um, you know, when I, when I coach someone or work with someone, that's one of the first things I say. Risk means different things to different people. Yeah. So you can turn around and tomorrow say, you know what, if I lose £5,000, I'm not going to lose sleep. Then, then you have that capacity. If you say, if I lose five pounds and I lose sleep, maybe it's not for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's well put. Yeah. So in your view, what's, what's the a mindset or a skill set that you need before you jump into this world of entrepreneurship and small business? Uh, I think 
You know, I'm sure when you speak to your clients, one of the things they're seeking is freedom. Yeah. That's right. You know, they say, I want to be free. And I think they mean, I want to be financially free. I want to have the freedom to make my own decisions. So they want to have that autonomy over their life. And, and maybe free to work the time that they want to work, you know, get up at five o'clock and stop work at three in the afternoon, if that works for them. But to me, the ultimate freedom is the freedom to really be yourself. That's real ultimate freedom. And I think, unfortunately, whilst I've been an evangelist of social networking for 20 years, 22 years since my husband and I launched that business, we've got into a world of comparison and presentation that we don't only fool others, but we've started to fool ourselves. So I think the, the imagery that people are trying to create of everything is fantastic and shiny is becoming fake. And we know about fake news. And I think people are, are being fraudulent towards themselves. And I think that in itself is causing them massive stress. Because if you wake up believing you need to be a certain someone, you're not free. Yeah? You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I think anybody that starts off wanting to work with you and look at how am I going to become an entrepreneur, they've got to get the mental strength and the belief in themselves and the the freedom in their head that they're happy with who they are. You see, when you raise that point, I, I remembered something very interesting. Many years ago, I think, must have been five, six, seven, probably longer than that. There was an online, uh, maybe it's still around, um, it's an online game, if you like, or online world. It's called Second, um, Second Life. I remember it very well. People used to create characters and, and you, know, you know, the character could do whatever, you could earn money and, you know, and nowadays, it's, it's funny, it came up in a conversation with someone else a, a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, used, to, I used to look at that and go, how, how deluded people are to spend so much time on a game and live their life within a game. And now that's what's happening. People putting out these pictures, especially influencers, right? Putting out these fancy pictures with cars and jets and, you know, with flashy dresses and money and compare that to their real life. It's, it is a second life now on social media. It is. You're very, that's a very well way to put it. And the stress it causes them is absolutely horrendous because they're not free. They're not free. And they're chasing some dream of the person they wish they could be. And, and I've got somebody very close to my own family who's done that. You know, I know people who have hired houses, hired Ferraris, hired a suit and stood in front of these houses and said, you can be as rich as me. And this is what we have to be really, really careful of because a lot of mental health issues is due to what's called comparison, compare and despair. So as Roosevelt said, you know, you know, you know it, you're smiling, you know, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. But if we're, go- if we're being bombarded by other people that look so successful, it's going to make us feel we lack And therefore, when I wrote my book, I wanted to create a real benchmark of the world of entrepreneurship because you were very generous. You asked me to come on this. You, you know, announced me as someone with an OBE. Uh, You know, on on the face of it, life looks extremely shiny for me. But what I share in my book is how hard it's been and the mental torment and challenges of my character and my personality, which I can't change that. I can't change who I am. I have to live with who I am. And therefore shape the life around who I am. And people put them, people say, I want to be like that person, but they aren't that person. 
and it's not necessarily the right path for them. How do you then, you know, in the world of social media, we know how important it is in, in the world of business to really get your message out and really, you know, build your brand, your business brand and, and sell your services. How do you then find that right balance and be authentic and be honest and, you know, and, and really, you know, build a business and build a brand? How, how do you do that? How do you find that balance? Well, first of all, you really need to uncover your personal brand. And it's, uh, this is what my uh, daughters ended up specializing into. You know, personal brand isn't about, you know, what you should wear and what car you should drive and or any of that. Personal brand is how you show up in the world and the world that you want to lead and be part of. Um, and that's not necessarily easy to do. I think you do need help with that when people... Because defining a personal brand is about what, what is your contribution to the world and what is your skill. Your, so anybody in corporate will have been hired for a set of skills. Yeah. And that's how they've earned their living. And some of them will be like entrepreneurs. They'll have, they'll have acted and gone into work every day knowing that they're about to earn 70,000, pounds a year. Their contribution needs to give more than that to that client. And that client is their employee, employer. Yeah. And their skill is what that company is buying. And unless they've got themselves into the wrong job, that skill is something that they can then become uniquely known for outside of that company. Um, And I know you help people achieve that. And so that's part of the personal brand. What skill, what knowledge, how do I apply that knowledge? But also it's the journey that's taken you to that point, which includes all your vulnerabilities, your experience, your knowledge, your passions, Steve Jobs puts it really well in his Stanford University speech to um, freshmen. Have you seen it? It's a great speech. And, and he talks about his journey of being adopted, going off to university, hating university, duck, ducking out of university. And he talks about how he put dots on a page. And he says, you can't um, put dots going forward. You have to join the dots looking backwards. But you've got to be putting a dot on that page. And so everything in our lives is relevant to our personal brand and who we are. But we're all looking for ability to trust others. I don't trust the person who stands outside a rich house with a rich, expensive car in a rich suit and says, be like me. I don't trust them anymore. I don't, I don't, well, I don't want to be that person, but I also don't trust their message. So how do you build a personal brand that other people can trust? And that's about honesty. And that's about vulnerability and that's about realness. That's what we seek. That's what we all seek is how do I connect with someone that's real and therefore I can trust them. It's very unfortunate. There's a lot of um, entrepreneurs or contrapreneurs really, you know, who try to sell you these courses and try to sell you, I've been a victim of that. You know, you go, go to a massive seminar and they give you this massive speech and then, at the end, they say, oh, look, the course is 30000 and now all of a sudden it's 2000 and you'll be rich in no time, you know. Horrible. It's coming. It's absolutely revolting. But, but the problem is, how do you get the, how do you be honest? People like shiny things. There's no, there's no other way around it. People like that. People like shiny things. If you be honest, you can't sell them, sell them the... The dream. The dream, yeah. I remember I was with a coach, a very well-known coach, called Rich Litman, and he said he was traveling from, was it Zimbabwe, I think he said. It was, it was um, a domestic airline, and he happened to be sitting in first class and happened to be sitting next to one of the politicians, and he said, he goes, 
why do politicians lie? Right, the conversation. And he said, look, if I tell these people the truth, absolute truth, what's happening in the country right now and what situation we are in, I would not get a single vote. Yeah, well, I know. If I tell them a plan on how to fix it as well, he goes, I would not. People don't like honesty. Well, I think... They can't take the honesty. I think it's changing. Just be, it's really changing. I can give proof of that by the number of people that are applying for our mastermind. People want real. I've been so real in my book. And when I wrote it, I thought, is this very dangerous? But I thought, no, now is the time to tell the real story. And actually, it's completely elevated and amplified me because people want it. People really want it. Because why do I want to sit in the pain of my own bedroom on a desk, challenged away, stressed about going to pay for food because my credit card might be gone, and then, and then spend my life looking online at people who look like it's so easy? That just tells me and makes me feel I am worthless, that I lack, and it increases my self-doubt. People want real. You know, we have been through a period of, you know, governments, banks, telcos, God knows what else is down the line that's going to be revealed of where we've been conned and drawn into the wrong thing. And on an individual level, we want real. And we want real role models. I don't want to sit in front of someone who I think that one day in 20 years I could be amazing as them. I want them to be a little bit ahead of me and feel I could catch them up. And so the line of normal, if you draw a line of normal, and if we all feel subnormal, it's very hard to become exceptional. If I can realign what's normal, I can help people to be um, exceptional because they then get rid of the self-doubt and the self-worth issues. And that to me is more powerful. And I think anybody selling dreams, they've got to try and sleep with themselves at night. And I, I know too many people that their brand online is being absolutely trashed because all the people that have spent those thousands you talk about mm. programs that never took them to the place where they were sold. I don't want to, I would never want to be like that. And I don't want to associate with people like that. And I only want to attract people who want to trust someone. You know, you, you put out your message. The most important thing is what people do you want to spend your life with? I want to spend my life with real people. I don't want to spend my life with people with huge egos and with dreams of seven figure in seven figure incomes in a year. It's crap. You know, it's quite interesting. You know, Kellogg, you know, did you, did you learn that breakfast was the most important meal of the day? We've all grown up learning, believing that. That was a 1940s advertising campaign by Kellogg's. (laughs) I'm very glad you said that. Right? Yeah. So we are getting sold that we lack. I can make you more successful. I can make you more beautiful. I can make you cleverer. It's making you think I'm not those things. Why not hang around with people that tell you how it's real and just help you to be a bit better? It's, it's calming. I can see by the body language on your face. It's just a relief. Let's just calm it all down and let's just care for one another, build a real world around us. I think that's the way ahead, um, as I see it as well. It's to build communities. It's to move forward in that direction where, you know, you people at the very, very so, so-called at the top are trying to target people at the very bottom and who are not ready yet. They may have the money. They may scrap the money together, but they're not ready yet. Mentally, physically, they're not ready to get there. 
And by them spending their money, you're doing them a disservice. You're just taking their money. They're never going to get there. They're never going to get there because they're being sold lies. It's, you know, it's horrible. It's revolting. And I think you've got that message from me. Somebody coming out of the corporate world, getting coached, learning what their skill is, building a really nice brand online, getting one client who spends £2,000 with them, another client who spends 2000 Then they start realizing, gosh, you know, the impact I have is even greater than 2000 I'm going to put my fees up to 3000 That's the way to build a business. That's the way businesses always used to be built. So let's use social media in the honest way as an extra part of our lives, but not, let's not get sucked into it where we lose control of it. Now, let's get to some really good juicy parts now. What were some of your highlights, the real big highlights of your life and your career and and your business and your journey? Gosh, life, business and career. I mean, real life highlights, well, meeting my husband, which I remember it very clearly, was amazing in in 1989. Knew I was going to, you know, first date, knew I wanted to marry him. 29 years on, we still laugh and giggle and love each other. You were business partners as well, weren't you? Not then, but yeah. But, but yeah, we, we are now and we have been for 20 to 29 years. Highlights having my children, phenomenal. The children that we've got together. In business, oh, there's been some amazing celebrations. So in our 10th um, anniversary of Academy, which was in uh, 2008, we, we had an event in London where we had over a thousand people come to celebrate the birthday and that was a beautiful it was a most incredible feeling being awarded my OBE uh, was amazing because we were awarded that OBE Thomas and I when we really um, had, had lost a lot of faith in ourselves and also we felt I don't angry is not the right word but we felt let down by the UK a bit because we had an amazing social network it was before LinkedIn we couldn't get the money from investors. We couldn't get the support. And ultimately, you know, all the data of all our businesses has gone to Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. And we have no idea what they're doing with that data. And we were very ethical. We felt really let down that this had not been able to, we'd not been able to achieve this in the UK. And then to be awarded by the Queen, we were nominated by David Cameron, um, the president, the prime minister, and, and awarded by the Queen go and meet her and shake her hand and the citation was for our contribution to entrepreneurship that was very special that sort of closed the loop you know that sort of gave us a feeling that well we've lost everything and we've been through hell but at least somebody noticed us yeah Uh, that was a highlight I would say Thomas and I are at our happiest now in business um, doing what we're doing and it's very gentle and it's very beautiful and it's very intimate with our business owners that we support we love it and i would say we're we're our souls are at its happiest doing what we're doing now um and and then you know happiness when you get past challenges and happiness returns it takes you to another level because your belief in the fact that you will be happy again keeps coming back and we've been through a lot of challenges personally as a family. We've had some terrible premature deaths of my brother and my niece to cancer. We've been one of the people who've had the unfortunate experience of my mother having dementia and dying. And then our beautiful daughter, Hannah, just after she'd started her career, 
after graduating was um, abducted by three men in a car and raped by one of them. That's been very challenging for her to watch her journey and us as parents, but she's, she's incredible. I mean, she's just incredible the way she's now turned her life around and says that she's never been happier herself. And that's because when you go through adversity, you really find happiness because you really have to look inside yourself and find that happiness. And in fact, Hannah and I have just been accepted to do a TEDx talk and we're doing it together. And the theme of it is, do you have to go through adversity to then be able to lead the life that you want? Oh, wow. Congratulations. It's on my vision board to do as well. So yeah. hopefully I should follow yeah. suit. So we're both doing that together. And I think, I don't think anybody should fear their life because they will become and build a better life, whatever challenges they've been through. They will come out of it and build a better life because the self-awareness and the knowledge of themselves is phenomenal. Well, awesome. Well, you are, you do contribute um, a lot to society, to, to people. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're all thankful for your work. Oh. Um, what's your final words? My final words? Well, you know, I actually don't believe everybody should be an entrepreneur or a small business owner. But if it is for you, and if you take time to consider it, if you spend time with Jasbir and you, it's right, and you can go into it. My final word with what I said halfway through this is, find your own freedom and your most powerful freedom is to be yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Penny, for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun. I hope you got some great value and insights from this episode. And if you're someone who wants to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur, then I have some great free resources for you. If you visit www.jazzbearaurora.com, that's www.jazzbearaurora.com, and drop me a line, I will send you an ebook and also a one-hour masterclass. And also, um, go and take the Escape the 95 survey, uh, which will help you understand where you are right now um, and where the gaps are in your knowledge to transition from being an employee to an entrepreneur and if you're a business and you need help growing or if you have any uh, issues that you'd like to discuss then yeah once again visit the website and i'll be more than happy to help you thank you for listening